Couch DB, <laughs> there were so yep. many. Artisanal <laughs> databases. <laughs> so, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Front End Fire. I am your host today, Paige Niedringhouse, and I am joined by my esteemed panel of colleagues, Jack Harrington. Hello there. And we have a very special guest, Fred Schott. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are very excited to have you on, Fred. So for those of you who are new to the show, it is a weekly podcast that helps you to stay up to date on the latest and the greatest in the front end world. So we have Fred on as our special guest this week, um, but we will actually... Take it like we normally do. We'll do our news segment first, talk a little bit about that, give you our hot takes, and then we'll let Fred talk about what he's come on. Fred's news. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just here for the hot takes, you guys. It's, it's just it's 100% hot takes. I love it. I love it. We're always good with that. So let's get right on to the news. <laughs> Woo! So, Jack, so would you like to start us off with your news for this week? So my news for this week is an application that folks might not know about. It's called Codux, and it's from the folks over at Wix. I'm seeing some nodding from you guys. Have you heard about heard it? Heard of it. Have okay. tried it. Yeah, it's been on a couple of uh, YouTubes. And, uh, you know, basically, so here's what it is. It's a, a completely visual editor for, I think it works with just React. But basically, you point it at your your application, and it actually gives you a visual like layout of your app, and you can literally just like drag and drop components into it, move stuff around, and I think it's coming at that issue that we all have with our process. We don't talk a lot about which we all have, which is this issue of like the d design, right? You've got the designers who come up with these amazing designs, and they do it all in like Figma or something like that. And then there's a set of tools like Figma came out with dev mode and you, you know, you try to convert this, this Figma mockup, which is basically just Photoshop into an app. And it's like, okay, so then you have all these issues of that. And how do you keep those in sync? And this is sort of coming at it from the other angle of, well, what, it, what, how about we give the developer or the designer is basically access to actually just moving stuff around and, and, you know, work in the UI and mm -hmm. it's an interesting concept and it actually works remarkably well. And it kind of opens up the whole uh, panacea of the whole Wix thing, which apparently is uh, you know, a bit more interesting than I would have thought. I always thought of Wix as kind of like that, you know, Oh, it's just like Squarespace. I, I, I've never even played with these things like Squarespace <laughs> or Wix, but like, I, you know, to me, they're just like, okay, you know, you just drag and drop, blah, 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 kind of thing. But mm -hmm. actually like Wix, you could, you can actually add your own React components to Wix, which I thought was actually really cool. But anyway, so they've got their own, I think the, the internal version of Codux is Codex inside of Wix, mm -hmm. but then you can have this Codux app, which is just basically another IDE that you can use to IDE your React components, which I think is kind of cool. That's very interesting. So. Does it work with existing applications? Yeah. Like any React app? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pretty neat, actually. Yeah, this look, this yeah. looks great. How does it, because uh, I haven't played as much with dev mode in Figma. I don't know if either of you have. How does it compare? I have, yeah, to a little that? bit. Have you? 
And Jack, have you tried this, or are you just like super excited about it? No, actually, I I tried it a little bit. I am, yeah. I mean, I wasn't on a project needed at that point, so I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know. But I was like, wow, actually, this this knows more about React than I would have thought. You know, it, it's it's better integrated than I would have thought, and and it's a slick piece of work. So I, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, this feels like the future that everyone's kind of heading towards, right? Is yeah. Starting yeah, to bring that's, the that's foundation kind of, of design back closer to development and, and vice versa, bring development out in a way that it can be integrated. Right. I am, yeah, I've been thinking about it. And then actually, Fred, I held this for you because I was like, kind of like, hmm, you know, because Astro is kind of in that space as well to like, you know, over content sites and things like that. And this has always been this kind of problem. I mean, you really want. You want to be able to make these, take these great designs. And Paige, you talked about an awesome design that you were looking forward to mm-hmm. working on because your design was super good and they were in there and they were working on like CSS and stuff. Yeah. And you want to see these great designs come to life. And then you kind of like, oh, but the Figma stuff is not quite right. And, and demos an improvement for sure. Like they've got, mm-hmm. they finally have like, enough in alignment tools where you can do things like you can have a flex box that actually wraps and you can model that in figma yay you know that sort of thing and the css <laughs> is better cool but then there's all these plugins that supposedly take your figma mocks and make react components mm-hmm. and they they kind of don't i mean <laughs> they do to a certain degree like mm-hmm. there's one like localify where you literally have to like tag each object and say oh that's a div you're like, no, come on, man. No, I don't want to do that. I, mean, I feel like the nightmare that we're all trying to avoid is the designer saying, hey, engineer, can I add like a tagline to this component? And the engineer saying, um, you're going to need to file a ticket. It'll be about a two to three week delay. But yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Exactly. Like, no one wants exactly. that. You're going to have to refactor right. that entire application. <laughs> a tagline? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you adding? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how do we make that, that cycle? Faster is mm-hmm. what, what we're all, I think we're all trying to get to. Faster and better. So, yeah, Codex, I think it's worth a look. It's free. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. It's good to, good to try out, see, what it, see how it works for you. Yeah. I don't know, actually, yeah. come to think of it, it might be one of those things where you actually have to log in first. And mm-hmm. I have a reputation for providing links to tools where they're free, but you have to log in. And people get really <laughs> aggro about that. They're like, log in. <laughs> No way! Well, well you're getting paid per sign up, right? I mean, we can just be honest. You're getting paid a thousand dollars per person, so affiliate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If only, if only, yeah, right. Oh my God, please. But no, um, and then yeah, like I I recommended, I think it was like a warp terminal, and they had a login. Be like, no warp login my terminal. No, yeah, warp adding a forced login to your CLI terminal is. I don't know. That's. (laughs) I can see why people are upset with that. Fig does, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah, Postman, if you use that for API testing at all, they're doing the same thing. They're trying oh, really? so hard to get you to log in to sign up for Postman, even though you can still use the the whole IDE, CLI, whatever you want to call it for free. Yeah. There's this massive just like sign up screen when you first open it up and you have to find the tiny X to get rid of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's not easy. Do you have to? Do they give you some advantage though? At least it would be nice if they had like, okay, I would cloud sync your your Postman settings and like the the sessions and stuff. 
That would be they nice. They probably do. I don't really care about any of that, though, because no. <laughs> I use it just for you know, local machine, testing. Local. Yeah, okay. one machine. I only have yeah, one machine, so what do you want? Yeah. I still exactly. remember uh, so, WinRAR would be that software that just every time you opened it would ask you to pay, but you could close uh, it. Yes. it. The uh, guilt of that decision has like layered over a decade and it's right. still sitting with me, obviously. Oh, yeah. Sublime so text every time. <laughs> Sublime, thing. Sublime <laughs> is worse than every 30 minutes or so. Like You'd be typing and it would yeah. just be like, hey, stuff and paid us. This is free, remember? <laughs> oh, brutal. Wow, <laughs> really? Oh, I forgot oh, about yeah. that. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. And I was this big sublime guy back in the day. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you probably paid once yeah, and then never had to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Exactly. Moneybags. <laughs> well, you know, it's good software until it wasn't. And then it really wasn't. Exactly. And then it really wasn't. And then yeah. It really wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's move on to the next topic. So my topic for this week is Supabase. So if you've ever used Supabase, it is the open source version of Firebase. It's Postgres. SQL databases, and it has a lot of really good features. Um, it's a really good piece of software to use if you need a cloud-based database. And they have just done a whole bunch of new upgrades. So the biggest one that really caught my eye right now is that they are doing a Postgres language server. So think mm. linting, syntax highlighting, migration parsing, SQL autocomplete, IntelliSense, nice. all the stuff that you get with VS Code when you're writing JavaScript or TypeScript or most other languages, they're doing the same thing for Postgres. So That's awesome. Yes. That is, is it, is it going to awesome. be against the database that you have, or is it just like select yes. for any? Oh, oh. As far as yes. I know, it will be against your Postgres instance, oh, your super base database. Oh, so, that's yeah. good. That's so that's going to really make good. local development and testing and all that stuff so much easier. It sounds just really cool. Um, so that's going to be, you know, super, super good when it comes out. Um, in addition out. to that, they have a whole bunch of stuff that they have been adding new utilities for de- debugging your super base CLI when you're doing local development backups, DB migrations, testing and linting that you can run all through the CLI. Um, They have type generators now, so they will auto-generate your TypeScript definitions and go end-to-end. They have some new GitHub actions that they're officially are in GitHub as part of their workflow. And probably the biggest thing that they talked about, teased, whatever you want to call it, was branching and preview environments through GitHub. So, Dang. Yeah. So think about Dude, how you would typically up. open oh, a PR right. yeah. and you have, they will spin up a preview environment that connects directly to that PR. So each preview branch has an isolated instance, which will pause after a, a period of inactivity. So you don't have just a million preview instances running. Um, every time a change is pushed, the migration scripts run again so that you and the rest of the team who are testing it are using the same database and the same data. Uh, they'll use seed data to populate the preview branch if you provide them with the seed SQL file. And they are hoping within the next few months that they will start opening this up. But they're, they're currently in closed alpha testing. So if you're using Supabase and you want to get in on this and try it out, you can reach out to them and sign up and maybe you'll get to, to test it and help them make it even better. So it's pretty cool. 
I have to say. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a yeah. big bucket of features. I feel like that's, that feels yeah. like the dream that everyone's trying to go towards, which is like I spin up a PR in the same way that Vercel gives me a unique hosted URL every time. I want a mm-hmm. unique branch of my data. Planet Skill yes. kind of pitches this, but it costs like a lot more than they kind of let on. I think it's like you get like five of those branches for free. So it's not like unlimited as many as you want. It's like you got to kind of pay for it. I, I feel like we're like two or one year away from just like, yep, yeah, nope, spin up a branch of your database. Just the same way you totally. do a branch of your uh, yeah. your hosted website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's the way it should be. I mean, these database instances are not that they're not that big, honestly. No, and especially when you're not trying to do production level data. If you just no. need a few hundred rows of something to test out and see how it looks, what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, and you, and you need predictable, reliable data, right? Because if you're going to do that EDE yes. testing stuff, you want to have the data be an exact same situation every time so that you know mm-hmm. all the ed test press oh, yeah. yeah yeah i feel like that's the, right like yeah. that is a bucket of features man i mean yeah. wow it was a really cool blog post that i've linked to in the show notes um and yeah it's just a ton of stuff and oh and one other thing that's you know less important but also pretty cool is that every two weeks now they're doing a new lts release so they're just going to be pushing new features into Superbase all the time. It's only going to keep getting better. So I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Do you, I, have you guys tried this hosted Superbase? Because I, I I found it a little slow, but that, that maybe that's just me. I have not recently. Okay. Um, it's been a little while since the last time I used it, but yeah, you know. definitely played around with it. Like, it's a cool idea. I love what they're doing. Um, oh yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm super totally. interested in the uh, the approach. Yeah, yeah, and oh my god, the SQL like linting and stuff and the and the uh, type ahead. Oh, that's yeah, gonna be nice. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I cool. don't know about you all, but like I feel like when I was learning databases, Postgres was kind of like a level above MySQL. It might have just been the resources I was mm-hmm. looking at. And so I remember being oh, like, yeah. oh, Postgres, that's the, the the good one, which is like right, I'm sure yeah, like last yeah, yeah, yeah. sure like audience. <laughs> MySQL was kind of like the 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 janky database that like yeah. you run, you know, in the beginning. But, yeah. And then you'd migrate to Postgres when you got serious about stuff. But I do right. feel like now there's this yeah. almost like resurgence of like planet scale is almost like leading the charge with MySQL. They they put out this awesome like how to do databases guide which uses MySQL. So I feel like we have this new generation of devs coming up learning through that guide and through through planet scale. And then on the other mm-hmm. side you have like Superbase is kind of and like Neon maybe are kind of leading the like Postgres still has a ton left in the tank and like I don't know, I see this like both of these tools are in technologies kind of have like their benefactors and their advocates and I, I don't think it's as uh, clear cut as it was at least as, as it felt when i was getting started mm-hmm. no i don't think so yeah and then you've got the uh the indie hipster devs who are still using mongo and will <laughs> die on mongo <laughs> yeah yeah rethink db that almost that burned me for a while uh, edge db sounds very cool <laughs> couch <laughs> db there were so yep. many artisanal <laughs> databases artisanal <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, Fred, what news do you have for us this week? <laughs> I don't know. What could it be? <laughs> um, we have, uh, yeah, I mean, I, not to not to talk about myself, but we have a really exciting update coming out with Astro that is taking over my life for the last two weeks, but we're getting it out, not to time date this, but uh, I think the day or around the time when this comes out, Wednesday of next week for, for us here in this time, time world um, is Astro 3.0. <laughs> Um, I'm really excited nice. about it. It's got a ton of awesome uh, awesome features in it. So, yeah, we've just been working towards this for the last six months, and there's some really, really cool stuff coming out. 
Okay, so Astro is a you know it's an island-based architecture for building primarily static sites, or so we thought in the MPA model. Yeah. What is Astro three going to look like? Yeah, so our pitch has always been Astro is the f- only web framework really focused on content sites. Um, a lot of frameworks will help you build big applications and spas and logins and dashboards, but like Astro's focus is kind of on this unsung hero of the web, which makes up the majority of content: marketing sites, personal blogs, homepages, company blogs, um, all this stuff that's mm-hmm. fairly more about getting content to your audience quickly um, and. There's interactivity. We, we have all the cool frameworks and React and all that good stuff. But um, the architecture that you mentioned, Island's architecture, is really about um, letting performance and ease of like kind of simplicity of the architecture speak first. Um, you know, uh, that's that's the that's our big superpower. So we still have that great story. Actually, one of the coolest things we're launching is view transitions. Um, it's this new browser API that Chrome has been pushing, but it's starting to end up in Safari and Firefox. Um, it's basically the idea of what if um, server-rendered HTML could have really native-like view transitions from page to page. So traditionally, you'd basically need to have a spa, a full JavaScript app, to take over routing so that you could do a cool like fade or swipe or even something simple where like the toolbar stays on the page while the body content changes. Mm-hmm. No one on the podcast can see this, but I'm moving my hands wildly. <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing diagrams in the Much air. Much <laughs> gesticulation is happening around this. Um, yes. View transitions are basically that ability, but for um, just HTML. So the browser actually sees um, the page that is about to depart and the page that's about to come in. And it basically does mm-hmm. this really cool snapshot where then you can morph, you can fade, you can slide whatever you want. and it, Or you can do nothing and just persist some toolbar. Um, you end up with that app-like experience, but it's all just HTML. It's all server rendered, super lightweight, and really works well with the Astro ethos, which is doing way less in JavaScript and letting the browser speak more, do more, um, alongside with the server or, or pre-built HTML. Sorry, along with the server or pre-built HTML, if you're doing a, a static build. Nice. Oh man, view transitions is one of the things that I am most excited about. Just in general, it's it's you know it's not a requirement of most apps or any app that I can think of, but it's so cool when it happens and it's done well. I'm And making that easier for everybody to do is awesome. So that's so cool that you're building that into Astro and making it even easier for Astro in particular. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that makes me so happy is seeing people trying it out. Now it's like I spent five minutes and I added this one effect. It's pretty subtle, but it makes me like so happy. Like that's yeah. the dream. Like, the nightmare is that every page now of every website is going to fly around and reposition. <laughs> That's not the goal. Um, although we have seen some demos kind of yeah. getting at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I like the perfect demo is yeah, much, much simpler. Yeah. Can you do like the Prezi demo where you see it just like zooming in and sliding out and turning and tilting and making people pretty much motion sick from it? <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Um, you can do all that and more. Um, uh, yeah, the the motion sickness is an interesting one because I'm seeing this brought up a lot, which is like, hold on, this is not access- accessible at all. If I have a, you know, for whatever reason, I prefer no motion. Um, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a real fear because of how well this demos of like, is every website now going to be flying around the page? Um, Astro disables it all by default. If you are just tell the browser, I don't like motion. Yeah, um, I, but I think yeah. that also like. I saw some people being like, yeah, like we're basically going to like see this like snapping of like trying to find, okay, now we have this tool that the browser is giving us. Like 
let's not overuse it. What is good transitions versus bad transitions? It's all unexplored. So we'll probably see some of that huge space zoom page to page. Yes. What do you mean? Yeah. User inter- usability guidelines? That sounds crazy. <laughs> I mean, um, we're doing the worst thing, which is giving developers a super powerful design oh, tool. Yeah, exactly. That's, oh, no. Never, never With good. no design skill. Yeah. me firecrackers. It's never a good idea. Um, so... I, I should link to this uh, awesome talk I saw in Seattle JS about view transitions, where the, it was just so much fun. The guy's so into it, and he goes over a lot of this stuff, as well as the reduced motion stuff. So that that's great. And I played around with Astro last night, and you the integration is is awesome. Gotta say, it's very sm- very slick for view transitions. And yeah, the for view API. transitions. Nice. Yeah, Thank and. You. Also, I noticed for islands, right? You know, so for our React devs out there, you know, or Preact or Vue or Solid or all the different island uh, architectures that you can support in Astro, and you can support almost everything, I think. Um, you can go and mark a component as basically maintained across pages, and that gives you that spa style. Okay, you know, hey, we need to maintain the cart, you know between the different pages and it no problem. You literally just add a single attribute to your, your client, your component, and it's just done. It's yeah. amazing. It, it feels yeah. like magic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that Astro offers on top of view transitions. We basically aligned with the API and then tried to simplify it where we can. So there's some things that are actually kind of hard to do with a low level API um, around how you keep uh, track of elements across different pages. We try to simplify mm-hmm. that all behind the scenes. Um, the thing, and then there's also this kind of bucket of like, well, wouldn't it be cool if dot dot dot? Where we're kind of trying to push it a little further than it goes today. Um, there isn't anything in the view transition spec around transition persistence, which is what you just described. The example I like to use is like an audio or video player going across pages yeah. and just mm-hmm. keeps playing, doesn't get interrupted. That's always been the dream of uh, of these kind of application like uh, experiences, and that's now possible. That's not really in the spec yet, but our thought is we can add all this like as small features on top get user feedback and then feed that back to the browser spec process so we're kind of like we've taken this boat the view transition boat out into the wilderness and now we're like getting off the boat and we're kind of hacking away at a couple different directions sending some (laughs) pigeons i don't know the the analogy is crumbling but (laughs) basically we're we're excited to explore some stuff on top of it now that we have it it is very cool and i think you are leading leading the edge on this one which is awesome to see I will say yeah. we are not the first credit where it's through HTMX. I think oh. was the first, although I don't know if they call themselves a framework. They actually have you transition support. Oh, they call them passionately call themselves a library. Yes. Okay. Well, then we're <laughs> right. <laughs> then they're not the first uh, framework, but I do think they're one of the first to add it. Um, Nuxt also has experimental support. So I think this oh, is going to come okay. in, especially now. I've seen the Svelte community getting excited. One of my favorite things is when we announce a cool feature and then all the comments are like, at Rich Harris, when are we getting this? Like, at Danny, oh, yeah. when is reacting? Like, then I'm like, ah, oh, excellent. My ego is exploding. Um, that is something that we're starting to see more and more. And I think I'm starting to see more frameworks actually starting to take this conversation seriously. What's interesting mm-hmm. is that for them, because they already are JavaScript apps, it's more of an implementation detail. They're like, but we already have this. What do you want? Like, we've been doing this for years. What makes it cool for Astro is we're doing it without the overhead of a JavaScript app running in the browser. So it's kind of this like golden, you know, it's just this thing we've been working towards for years and the browsers really kind of helped us get there now. Absolutely. Nice. So what other new features can you tease that are coming to Astro 3.0? Oh, that's a big one. Um, 
you know, image optimization, it doesn't feel big because we've had the beta, the experimental flag, but now it's finally stable. So an image component built in optimization. Mm -hmm. If you're hosting on Vercel or a host that has its own optimization, you can kind of hook it up with that or you can bring your, you know, um, ImageX or what are all the cool Cloudinary? What are all the cool image hosting providers? You can basically bring one of those now as well. Um, yeah, all yeah, Cloudinary is great. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge, that's one, you know, images is, it's a huge thing on the web. Um, obviously, always, um, always. And yeah, and optimizing them is such a pain. So, um, we'll find that where we can, <laughs> what else? Yeah. Those are the big ones. I'd say there's some cool stuff we have planned. I don't know again, if this is, if you're listening to this after we've launched, um, go check out the website. One of the cool <laughs> things I'm excited about is actually more of a messaging change, which is just acknowledging People started to use Astro to build web apps, which just sounds like it goes against everything I've just said. Like we're content focused, <laughs> web apps stink, like boo. But like actually, um, what's kind of interesting about it is that people are basically using this island architecture, which is embed little small React apps or UI components on the page. Um, you can do that with an entire app. So actually what they're doing is taking one giant island, which actually takes over an entire route segment of your site. And you can mm -hmm. imagine now Astro is running the marketing site but you've actually just built a much more classic like create React app style or, or Vite style app for your SaaS app that's like hidden behind the login. Mm, yes. It sounds yeah. like we're trying to do too much in my mind, but it's also like we basically are just getting out of the way on the SaaS app and instead we're providing the bundling, um, the optimization, but basically we're still focused on the content site. If you want to go and build a, a web app, we also provide API endpoints. Like you can basically build your entire project, your entire company, whatever it looks like. And we kind of have a solution now for everything. So that's fairly mm -hmm. new for us. We're still trying to figure out how to explain it, but it's really exciting because that's we're kind of covering the full spectrum now of what you might want to build without trying to do it mm -hmm. all ourselves and building a tool that, you know, by trying to make everyone happy makes no one happy. Well, and it's a classic dilemma because every company that I've worked for, there is always that app. It starts out as one thing and then suddenly it morphs into something else and you're tacking on extra frameworks and you're tacking on WordPress integrations and suddenly you've got a CMS. So building <laughs> yep, for that yeah. or making that something that is possible and you kind of have an idea that people are going to do this because they are is great. I think that's so much more forward thinking than most apps, which are like, no, it's going to be this framework for the entire time. And that's all there is. You, you cannot embed an iframe into this. You cannot use extra third party stuff. It's just not, that's not how you do it because yeah. it's almost always going to happen at least once or twice and probably a lot more than you think. <laughs> oh, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we've seen so much more of is like, oh my God, I've done, I've been a culprit of this. Um, when create react app was the big thing, people just be like, I'll just build everything with this. And so you had this like oh. React app with like yeah. barely when I was using it barely had code splitting, right. powering your entire marketing site. Just oh, it was so brutal, right? For no reason, it would take ten seconds to load even on your nice MacBook. Like it was just the worst. Oh my god! But kind of to your point, like you start with one thing and then it, mm -hmm. all these little decisions. I just want to add that. I just want to add that. No one wants to say no. We have to go add a different site or refactor it. That's kind of the dream of Astro is that it can be this one platform, but only succeeding by giving you the ability to then jump into a new a new realm when you need that level of sophistication. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think Next.js has had, they've had like static routes for a while where you can pre-build, right? But I think they're coming at it from the other standpoint of like, it's the same sort of thing. It, is, it still needs to hydrate on the client. It's still a big old React app that goes out to the client, you know, and then mm -hmm. it needs all that. Whereas Astro, 
when you start out, like if you, if there's no islands on the page, there's no JavaScript going to the page yeah. except in like dev mode, which is amazing, right? Yeah. So your static pages in in Astro are wildly fast. And, and then what you're saying is you can okay, go, go on, take oh no sorry sorry I mean yeah go on right. no no I was gonna say I think I think what's so interesting about where we are on the web right now is I actually think Next.js would say the exact same thing I think they agree with all of this um, but kind of to your point they're coming at it from a totally different angle which is yeah. no we actually think we can create the one technology React server components that can be everything to everyone um, mm -hmm. so that's kind of it like that's almost if there was a philosophical debate going on here our take is that you're gonna need to make trade offs that favor one over the other other. And if you try and even that out to even support, well, then you've just made so many trade-offs that you're not going to be the best at any one of them. And XJS yeah. is saying, no, that's not true. We actually think that this is a good technology that does kind of handle both. But I don't know if I've seen that. I think that's really going to be the kind of, that's what we're going to be looking at over the next year is, is it better mm -hmm. to understand what you're building a content site that needs to be fast or an application where it's logged in? Like if your user needs to download a little bit more JavaScript, it's not like you're going to get dinged on SEO. It's not like you have anyone really coming here directly. They're going through the login portal anyway. So is it okay right. to sacrifice a bit of performance in the name of keeping all your data client-side? Single, simple client-side rendering is actually okay in my mind for that use case. Um, mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's what we're on, trying to figure out here. And I think I, on the theory of it, I, I, I'm pretty confident. And I think not to get too technical, but I think there are some interesting parallels between like the parallel routes stuff that Next.js is doing and multi layouts and then how Astro is working with islands and you can essentially have each, you know, layout element and parallel route within its own island and then have the persistence uh, between in the spawn nav. It, it's, it's cool, you yeah. know, and it, it, it's just coming at the same problem from different directions and saying, well, what if we look at it this way? And I think it's great. I love that the community has multiple ways to, to do this. What's so funny is if you look at any um, any video or diagram where the React team is explaining server components, it's pretty indistinguishable from islands. <laughs> like It's like, oh, yeah, I think I've drawn that exact <laughs> diagram. They are doing a yeah. lot more. They deserve credit for doing something, building something truly like complex and impressive. Oh, my gosh, yes. But yeah. conceptually, it's actually exactly the same, like server under yeah. most of it and inject yeah. the interactivity where you need it. It's, that could be a pitch for either one of us. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So are there any um, breaking changes or backwards compatibility issues that people need to be aware of if they're going from Astro V2 to V3? Uh, we try to keep it pretty simple. Um, honestly, the most visible one is we've changed the default port from 3000, which is used by a lot of tools. So we were just getting people every once in a while reporting like, hey, like my cookies persisted in some weird way. I was like, oh, that was not good. <laughs> Um, to four three two one, a little bit of a joke. Astro, no, I love it. I love it. I noticed yeah. that last night. I was like, oh my god, I love that. So that is so great. That's uh, very us. Um, no, the, yeah. the changes have been mostly um, focused on getting rid of stuff from V one that we had already deprecated. So I'd say mm -hmm. most changes. There's nothing really major going away. We have a really really great upgrade guide, which I would definitely push anyone upgrading to go look at. Our doc, our docs team has done an incredible job. It's like here's what changed. Here's why you might need to look at this. And if you do need to look at it, here's what you like. It's just so thorough. Like you just read through it. It walks you through it. It's, it's really well, well written. So kudos to them. And yeah, fairly minor uh, across the board. Nice. Excellent. Well, that, I mean, that is some huge news, Fred. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about or plug that you haven't mentioned up till this point? Um, 
Oh yeah, please keep that that sound in. <laughs> um, no, not that I know. No, that's uh, Astro three It's a ton of work and love has gone into it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, great. The transitions are unreal. Really cool tech. Um, kudos to the Chrome team for pushing that. But now to every browser that's shipping it, thank you. Yes. Well, I mean, big kudos to you for getting so quickly behind view transitions and getting it into Astro. I think a lot of people are going to be super excited about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just makes so much sense for us. Um, and it took, I mean, behind the scenes, we're doing an article on web.dev, I hope, um, that's going to come out a little bit and talk through how we worked with the browsers, how that process went, and like far from this like kind of straight line that it looks like. We tried like uh, auto updater, full page, smart refresher, like we tried a full spa client route. Like we tried a lot before we settled on this really. And yeah, Jack, just to hear you be like, oh, I just added this one attribute and it worked. Like, yeah, that's- yeah. <laughs> But the iceberg below I, that of I mistakes. literally was like, is, <laughs> is that <laughs> it? Really? Like, that's all I need to do. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. We make it look easy, but that uh, that took a lot of work. To do so, uh, Matthew Phillips on our team is uh, unreal. He did a great job kind of getting it over the line. Nate Moore um, did a bunch of work early on in exploring it. And, uh, yeah, just our whole community has been awesome with giving us feedback, testing this thing out. And, yeah, new browser APIs are not there's a lot of like Chrome canary flags you got to juggle. It's just mm-hmm. like not the easiest thing to try out and people really made it work and, uh, and got us some great feedback. Awesome. All right. Well, let's move into our last section, which is the, what makes us happy. So let me. <laughs> All right. Jack, would you like to tell us what is making you happy this week? Sure. Woodworking with Jason Linksdorf. So Jason <laughs> is setting up his own studio over in an area of uh, Portland called Laz Edition, which is really cool. Great, super funky little studio. And he's like, oh, Jack, I want to make these movable walls. So he came up with this whole design and sketched it all out. And it it was awesome and kind of nuts but it worked and so we we spent a bunch of time with my nail guns and and all kinds of fun stuff that i have that he, he'd never experienced before <laughs> and uh we built built part of a studio and now it's, it's it's been really a lot of fun so that's what's bringing me joy nice that sounds yeah. really fun and like it would be a great youtube video for you yeah actually <laughs> he did take a video and we, we call it like the uh the YouTuber's version of the Am- Amish barn raising, you know, kind of like the studio raising. I don't know if this is intentional, but woodworking with Jason Langstorff, that sounds like that could be like a book, a movie, oh gosh, a YouTube yes. show, or just like your Tuesday yeah. night. I love that. And he's got that, that. Like, that, that woodworker look that I don't have. Although, you know, he's just, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Who is the painter that would do like the PBS show? Oh, oh, Bob right. Ross. Bob Ross. Oh, it's it's hey, a Bob man. Ross vibe. You're giving Bob Ross right <laughs> now. I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. I've been following Jason's new studio on Twitter a little bit, so that's really cool that you're helping him out, and he's really yeah. I can't wait to use it. it. You know, he's he's been really yeah generous about like, hey, just come on by anytime, and oh, that's cool because cool, yeah, I mean, it's nice to. Do something else. Try try a different mm-hmm. location. <laughs> Very nice. Fred, do you have anything that makes you happy this week besides the launch of Astro, which I'm sure is making <laughs> you very happy? <laughs> happy, is, happy is a word for sure. <laughs> Sleep <laughs> is going to make me happy. I'll tell, I'll tell you that. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I, uh, I actually just saw this uh, posted today, so I'm super excited. I don't know much about it, but are either of you Factorio fans? Mm-mm, no. Okay. Factorio is a video game. It is... Mm. I, 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 the amount of hours that I'm going to lose to society by just putting this out there in the world on a podcast, it is <laughs> incredibly addicting. It is super fun. Um, the pitch is that you're a man trapped... or I think you're a person. You're a person trapped on a planet. Um, and you have to build a factory to get yourself off the planet. So you start by mining you know, stone and then iron and then mm-hmm. copper, and then you build a factory out of those things to do all that for you. So you're basically constantly automating the next thing. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's clearly whatever part of me likes being an engineer is also the part of me that loves this game because it sounds like work, but it's incredibly fun hacking together the next thing just with barely enough scraps and then going back to the old thing that was a piece of crap. And now that you have enough, you can. <laughs> Build a beautifully streamlined factory floor of you know, turning <laughs> copper to, to copper plates. And it basically just does that a million times. But at the end, you have drones flying around and you've built satellites that you shot into space. It's incredible. It's super fun. I've lost probably like 100 plus hours to this game over the years. Um, there's a new expansion pack, which just got announced today. I can't wait to lose another 100 hours. Oh, wow. See, there's these little grappler claws that go out and get... Oh, that is cool. Oh, God. I'll have to check no. it out. Jack, Jack, yeah. stay away. Paige, no. No, what have I done? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's really fun. Hey, listen, um, I, I I lost many an hour to Civ. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. Um, yeah, if anyone listening right now has played it before, they probably know what I'm talking about. You just kind of look up, and it's the next day. It's a, a very, very different Oh, yeah. Game. Yeah. But like also one that like if very you were a nice. kid, your parents would be like, oh, you're probably learning so much about... It like weirdly teaches right. you good engineering practices. Like something, hack that thing together. Yeah. You only need two of them. Build a really streamlined, beautifully re- architected system uh, over there. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> that's actually yeah, that's not you, bad. Someone, I think there's a lot of a, folks. E, there's an ebook waiting to basically be written about how I learned to you know programming <laughs> from Factorio and so can you. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, we'll look out for that. Um, and my things that make me happy this week are twofold. So the first one is Google Translate, because there was somebody on Twitter who actually gave us a really nice comment about our new podcast, but he wrote it in Turkish. And I cannot read Turkish, never have, don't know anything about it. <laughs> Popped it into Google Translate, saw that it was a really nice comment, and was able to thank him. So Google Translate for me actually understanding what somebody was saying in a language that I have no experience with. Um, And along that same note, I'm going to say if you're interested in learning a new language, I would definitely recommend Duolingo. Um, It is an app that has been around for quite a number of years, I think, but I just recently decided that I wanted to learn Spanish. And instead of Rosetta Stone or some of the other Babel, some of the other options that are out there. Duolingo is totally free. It's very easy to get started. It's very gamified. So you can say, I only want to practice for five minutes a day. You know, it'll keep track of your practice streak. So if you start doing it every day, it'll keep track of how many days in a row that you've done it. It gives you, you know, little points and gems and all kinds of other stuff. So if you're motivated by that and you want to learn something new just for the fun of it or because you're going on a trip or you know thinking of moving to another country i would say (laughs) yes (laughs) i would say it's a good it's a good way to kind of get your feet wet and you know it's very low low entry uh low barrier to entry it's easy to get started it's pretty fun so check it out if you want to learn something new it's it's a fun little distraction during the day for me (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a good way to take your mind off other things. Learn yeah. something new. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Yeah, like I just wanted to kind of stretch a muscle that I have not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to don't speak over you. I was just going to say, like, gamification actually used for a good reason. Like, for good. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So those are my two things. Go out and learn a new language and, you know, when in doubt, use Google Translate if you don't have time for that. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. The one feature I wish, I, I feel like it's going away on Twitter or X that translate this tweet. We get feedback from people in different oh, languages really? all the time. And just being able to mm-hmm. click that is like such a, yeah. it's so powerful. And I feel like I see it less and less. I don't know if there's like a bug that's stopping it or maybe it's like a paid feature now, but I hope they don't take yeah. that away. Cause yeah, being able to like understand across boundaries is, is very important. Yeah. I mean, it was so nice that this person was giving us a compliment, but if it had been some other sort of valuable feedback, you always want to know that too. So yeah, keep that, keep that, uh, going Twitter or X or whatever we should call you now. <laughs> yeah. It's nice when I'm in, in my comment stream on the YouTube videos where I get, you know, I get a completely like a Russian, uh, mm-hmm. sentence and it's like, you know, pop it in translate. Oh yeah. And then I reply in Russian and they, they're always super stoked about that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> Nice. (laughs) Well, Fred, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, anyone listening, check out Astro. I assume it's out now, so check it out. Absolutely. Um, Use it for your next site. Yeah, that's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was going to say. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about Astro, where can they go? (laughs) Oh, astro.build is the website. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. I think literally spelled that out, Astro D-O-T Build. Um, we're posting fun videos and memes, all the cool demos that people are building. We're going to be sharing all of that. So uh, definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, I'm Fred K. Shot on Twitter. So F-R-E-D. It'll be in the show notes. I'm not going to spell out my full name. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, also sharing a lot of cool stuff uh, about web development there. So you can follow me there. Awesome. Yes, we will definitely link that up in the show notes. And as always, we thank the Blue Collar Coder YouTube channel for sponsoring our podcast. And you can join us. (laughs) You can join us on the Blue Collar Coder on Discord. We have a front end fire podcast channel. So come in, talk to us, tweet at us. Uh, You can reach out to us via email and you can always find us at front end fire on Twitter or X. Uh, We're always there as well. So Until next time, we will see you then. See you then. Bye. I'm just thinking about how much Factorio I'm going to (laughs) play this weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-oh.